Hey guys, this is Mike Vidano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. And welcome in to the Starcastic Remarks studio. Along with Christian Chambers, I'm Ryan Chambers, and you are listening to the only Dallas Stars fan-led show. Tonight, we have a very special lineup for you. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about a couple of Saad Yusef articles that are absolutely fantastic, and I'd love to talk about them. So we're going to get a couple of, uh, you know, in-looks from what Chris thinks about uh, maybe what the perfect off season could look for the Dallas Stars, and we're also going to talk about, um, you know, assessing player performance in relation to their salary. A uh, very interesting article that Saad Yusef put out about how the salary of one player can be seen, whether it's you know up to par for what's expected for that player. And then we're going to get into the kind of the more fun part of. Uh, tonight's show and we're going to do our very first and our very own Seattle expansion draft and not just for the stars for those of you that listened to the uh, to the podcast episode uh, this last week we're going to go through each team and hopefully we get the right players we don't know a ton about all the players but we're going to pick them anyways just for fun so anyways uh, Christian why don't you say hello to the audience out there Hello, audience out there. I am Christian, and I'm going to talk about things. <laughs> Great. Great, because everybody cares what we think, right? Everybody. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, yes. Okay, so anyway, let, let quick thing before we get into all of this. Who would have thought – okay, let's backtrack a week and a half. Who would have thought that the Montreal Canadiens would be up three to nothing – in the second round of the playoff series when they're down three games to one to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I saw it coming from a mile away. It was pretty obvious what was happening, <laughs> I think. How, how insane is that? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know whether to think... I, I don't want to say that the Canadian division sucks, but I'm starting to believe you, Chris. I really am. Yeah. yeah. The Canadian division sucks, and Carey Price decided to start playing crazy decided so. to start playing crazy you disagreed okay so i just want to point this out off air right before we started chris actually admitted that i was right about carrie price if you heard our uh our little you know sneak peek that i put out on twitter and facebook and stuff like that chris and i argued about the fact whether carrie price was as good as you know people say that he is and i said he was chris said nah he's not as good as he used to be but i think christian is finally starting to come to the dark side Welcome to the dark no. side. We have cookies. No, only three of the last four games he's been crazy. The other games <laughs> he wasn't crazy. You just got lucky, and he decided to start being crazy. Oh, and so good job for for pulling... one for one of my few hot takes being right. Yeah, for pulling a turd <laughs> out of your butt. That's what you did. Yeah. Okay. So. Congrats. Yep. Exactly. So, anyways, Chris. Uh, so. Let's get into a couple of bits of Stars news before we get started with the articles. Uh, uh, we want to briefly mention the fact that uh, Matt DeFranks had an article out talking about uh, Tyler Sagan. Uh, not to ruin the article for you guys out there, but if you go and check it out, uh, Tyler Sagan, is, his rehab is coming along very well, and we're very excited that he's going to be ready for the, uh, for the training camp. Um, 
do you think that Tyler Sagan is going to be a basically like a major free agent acquisition for the Stars since he basically didn't play at all last season? I mean, yeah. Could we view it, it that it, way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you see that we were on the bubble last season and with the acquisition, in quotes, of Tyler Sagan coming into next season, it's going to feel like a completely different team. So, yeah, I think that's totally a fair way to look at it. Well, and we'll see this here in a second when we talk about the second article, but it's really interesting uh, seeing what's going on with all of this stuff. Okay. All right, so first of all, what we want to get into is what a perfect offseason could look like for the Dallas Stars. Um, it's still a little bit early to be to consider this like the off season, the off season, because not much is going on other than the playoffs. So there's you know eight teams remaining, fixing to be four, and then they'll whittle it down to two. Um, no way. Yeah, really. That's right. how. That's that how. Sounds I, crazy. I, I'm, I'm not sure how that works. I, I, at least I think that's how it works, right? That sounds not, crazy. Not, not positive about that. Anyways, okay. So what? Uh, we do want to mention here real quick is, is some breaking news according to today is that the Canadian government actually is uh, dropping the the border, I don't know what you want to call it, the, the border crossing guidelines that they have for, you know, teams coming over to the uh, to Canada. So when whichever Canadian team wins, which it looks like it's going to be Montreal, whoever they play, they will actually be allowed uh, to go – to go into the United States and then come back, and then which and then you know vice versa for whatever U.S. team they have. The U.S. team will be allowed to go to Montreal, and, and again I'm I'm saying Montreal, but we've seen crazier things happen. Uh, but it that's that's a done deal. So the Canadian government's allowing it. Yeah, not really a shocker. I mean, we kind I'm of expected. That we that saw it, it coming. Yeah, I'm surprised that announcement didn't come sooner. But I mean. Oh, well, who cares? Nobody really expected that to be an issue. All right. So, honestly, uh, let's talk about the actual offseason for the Stars, though. Sorry, I got it off on a random tangent. I meant to mention that earlier. Okay. Uh, for the for the offseason, it almost seemed like last offseason was the biggest offseason for the Stars. And... You know, a lot of people – well, just based off of the fact that, you know, the Stars made the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they're not – that was a complete fluke. They're not going to be able to do it again, um, which right now it looks like that that's true, that it was a fluke. But I think this offseason is going to be a an era-defining moment for the Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, John Kleinberg era. And I think this is the last season for them to do anything of damage in the playoffs. Agree? Disagree? Well, no? Well, this offseason is big because, like, we actually have things that need to be moved and stuff. Like, it, there, there's obvious things that need to happen. Of course, the expansion draft is going to shake things up as well. So that's that's why this offseason is where Jim Neal needs to start making his money. I have full faith that he's going to do everything absolutely amazingly because... He's pretty much done that since he's been the GM of Dallas, and I've been very happy with it. So, well, except for the special thing. Except other than that, we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to be but, one thing, right? Yes, exactly. But I mean, that's why this is big. We we got to get Dobby off the off the books. We got to sign Miro Haskin into a longer deal. Like, and there's we're there's other get big into things all that we that need. Stuff, yeah. yeah, 
Okay. There's a lot of big things that we need to do. That's why this offseason is important. Well, and and there's a t- there's a ton of subtopics within this uh, within this article. Um, the the first one is probably the most obvious one, and and we hate to say that like we can use this as an excuse for the fact that we didn't make make the playoffs, but I, you know, and we we hate to say that you know to use this as an excuse that we didn't make the playoffs. But the fact that the injuries that the Stars sustained to major, major, major components of this team is the reason why I think we didn't make the playoffs this offseason. And the the first thing for a perfect 2021 offseason for the Stars is that all of the injured players make full recoveries. Yeah, which which unfortunately missing the playoffs helps. <laughs> yes. So. So, I mean, you can look at that, you know, killing two birds with one stone kind of thing. Uh, it, it, it sucks that it happened, that we didn't make the playoffs. But at the same time, were we really going to beat Carolina? I don't, well, I don't see We're not going to get back into that argument. <laughs> Go back to the whatever. Okay, yeah. so Rope Hintz underwent surgery within the past couple of weeks to, to fix his left abductor tendon that he's been dealing with. Since the 2020 Stanley Cup final, so he he went and got that taken care of, and it looks like he's gonna make a full recovery before training camp. Um, Roddick Foxa, obviously, we we didn't know about Foxa, you know, I, I mean, we knew that he was hurt in the uh, in in the Stanley Cup final, uh, but we didn't know that it, this same nagging injury kept him, you know, injured for the entire 2021 season. So. This has given him some time to recover as well. Um, Alexander Radulov, you know, dealing with a, a core muscle surgery. That's absolutely sounds painful. Um, hopefully he makes a, a huge comeback for the Stars. Um, and then obviously we kind of mentioned it already, but Tyler Sagan coming back from offseason hip surgery. Uh, you know, we hoped that he was going to come back at a time when the Stars were going to be making a playoff push, but that didn't come uh, to fruition, unfortunately. So, um, so how possible is it to see all of these players at, back at a hundred percent? What do you uh, think? It is going to happen. <laughs> so you at think? Those, so you think everybody's going to be a hundred percent before this before the season starts? Yes. Okay. So we have four we, and a half, four and a half months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going to be fine. <laughs> All right, and then so, and then you know one more big injury to mention, and this actually gets its own category uh, in the Saad Yusef article. But uh, this the second one is Bishop getting back to at least eighty percent of you know where he was when he was the Vesna runner-up. Um, how important? And I don't want to diminish. Ben Bishop's importance to this team because he is very important and a lot of Stars fans have just forgotten because he hasn't played in so long now and the last time we saw him play was in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the bubble and he sucked it up big time so is it as big a deal for him to get back to where he was or is it not as important with the emergence of Jake Ottinger what do you think if you want to win the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have to have at least a top five goalie in the NHL, pretty much in my opinion now. Just from seeing the previous teams that have won it, 
or, you, or at least has, just a hot goaltender right yeah, then and at there. that time at, at that, that time. time is what i'm yeah. saying okay yeah. they, they have you have to have an amazing goalie he has to make amazing saves who knows the only reason we were even close to sniffing a stanley cup so it, it's yeah if you want to win a stanley cup it's vital to do good the regular season it's not super vital or not as vital as normal so, do do you think we can expect Bishop to return to 100% health at all? I mean, you can't ever expect that when when, when it's you, Ben Bishop. Talking about Ben Bishop, yeah. And then, and, you know, the, so. the other thing we didn't mention is that you know, yes, he's a goaltender, and yes, he's great, but he's also a 35 now. So, and it it doesn't hit goaltenders as much as it does, you know, just skaters or you know, forwards or defensemen or whatever. But does he take a step back just because of the fact that he's been injured for so long and the age is catching up to him? The only way he would take a step back is if he truly cannot play the same way at all to what he was doing, and Ottinger just really explodes onto the scene, which I don't see happening. That's very unlikely. So I think Bishop is still going to be a great goalie. I don't know if he's going to be Vesna quality, which is what we would need to win a cup, but, you know, that that all just comes down to who gets hot at the end of the season, so can't really predict that. Well, and here's what I would turn turn to with Ben Bishop and you saying, oh, he's getting old and stuff like that. Who is probably the front runner for the Vesna trophy this season? Marc-Andre Fleury. How old is he? Uh... 37. I would still say it's Vasilevsky. <laughs> I I I think that Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the NHL. I would, which is what the trophy's supposed to be. But no, so I, I think the trophy <laughs> is for is for the best season. That and I think that Mark Andre Fleury deserves that trophy. Believe this or not, I cannot believe this, but Mark Andre Fleury has never even been a finalist for the Vesna Trophy. That's kind of crazy. Isn't that insane to think about that? Not yeah. even third place. He, he's he's never gotten any higher than fourth, and he's thirty seven years old. And this is the first time that he's a runner up for it. So that's what I would point to when it comes to, uh, you know, if somebody says, "Oh, well, Bishop's getting gold," that would that's what I would say. Um. Okay. the The next topic about perfect off season for the Dallas Stars, according to Saad Youssef, um, Seattle takes Hudobin. That would be an answered prayer. That would be an answered prayer. I don't. the The further we get, or the so the further we get, the closer we get to the expansion draft on July twenty first, the more that I feel like that's not going to happen, and we're just gonna have to trade him for something. All these mock drafts that people are drawing up, acting like they're gonna take him. It's it's getting my hopes up, dude. I'm getting excited. I'm hoping that they're gonna take him. Well, and and you know that really sucks because. Uh, in 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 two facets, because I mean he's the goaltender that got us to the Stanley Cup final. There's no arguing that. It and it's it sucks that you know he's the one that's on his way out. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Bishop Bishop is not going anywhere, and Jake Ottinger is not going anywhere. You got three goaltenders for two spots. Yeah. Do you like? Hudobin better than Bishop or Ottinger? Some people say yes, which in my opinion is that's stupid. That's absolutely <laughs> insane. He, he's an amazing goaltender, but he, unfortunately he's not built like a great goaltender, and somehow he still is a great goaltender. I don't know how he does that, but 
for consistency and for what you want in the future, you want two bigger goalies who are already proven that they are great. So no reason to keep Hudobin. I love Hudobin too. I will always, I, I will never forget what he, what he did in Dallas. That'll, that's crazy, but I don't see him playing for the stars next season. Well, and then it just the Kraken selecting him would solve a lot of the roster problems for the, for the Dallas stars. That's um, what I think the number one like thing on the docket for the off season is, is moving Hudobin as cheaply as possible. And, and I mean, that would be as cheap as you can get. That'd be nothing. So, right. And I don't, I don't think there's any other way we can do that without moving him and retaining some, some of his salary, which so, we don't want to do. We want to get rid of all of it so we can resign the young guys. Right. And especially with the flat cap. And a lot of people are saying this, this flat cap is going to last another three or four years, which, wow. Uh, if, uh, if that happens, if that happens, uh, that's going to suck. That's going to screw a um, lot of teams is what it's going to do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to screw a lot of players, too, getting their paydays. There's going to be fewer and fewer uh, yeah. guys in their early 20s that are going to get their not going to get their paydays because of yeah, the pandemic. Real quick, if we want to take a tangent on that, the sure, Stars are it. actually in a, they're in a great place if that happens, to be honest. I mean, And, and it's completely Jim Nil. He, yeah. he set it well, up perfectly. Well, he, he wasn't expecting flat tax. To, or a flat cap to come in flat tax but, <laughs> so flat tax yeah, flat tax <laughs> yeah flat yeah but, but whatever <laughs> we we don't we're not really other than uh i would say maybe maybe jamie ben there's not really a guy that we're paying a ridiculous amount that we need that cap increase so that we can get more players right even like the new york rangers signed what's his face he's not even that good to 10 million dollars or whatever and they're screwed so, Panarin? Are you talking about Panarin? Yeah, Panarin. Panarin yeah. has been excellent for them. If you want to, if you want a better, forward? yeah. Uh, now, if you want a better example, I'd probably shoot you towards Florida. Sergey Bobrovsky. He signed a ten million dollar oh, yeah. contract. That that yeah. was a bad contract, and especially considering they've got Chris Drieger now, who has come out of nowhere, and then they've and also got paid. Spencer Knight. So yeah, t- talk about you know a. A loaded crease. That's it's yeah, worse for Florida people, than for us. But my point is, whenever people sign sign players to those big contracts, they're banking on the cap getting increased yearly, so that as time goes on, that contract is worth less and less. Right. But now it's not going to be worth less and less. It's going to be worth that crazy amount of your cap space. So those guys are kind of screwed. Whereas we have a lot of people to sign right now when we're already at the flat cap. So that actually might benefit us overall. It might screw some players, which sucks for them. But right, hockey's a business, bro. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Be happy. Well, and then here's the here's the other to take it full circle back to the Hudobin thing. If uh, if they do take Hudobin, that's three point three million dollars off the cap. And based off of the numbers and things that I've seen about you know players who are going to return and players who are not going to return, if this if Hudobin is taken. The Stars will have about eight million dollars to play with for free agency, and that's with like all these certain players signed and assuming the best for the for the Dallas Stars. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, and the other thing is that you know out of the players that are going to be expected to be taken by from the Dallas Stars, and we talked about this in our podcast episode on uh, Wednesday or Tuesday or whenever it was. 
Uh, it looks like it's going to be between Jason Dickinson, Radek Foxa, and Anton Hudobin. And, I mean, because you have to protect Joe Pavelski based off of the season he had, right? You have to. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, see a lot of, I saw a lot of mock drafts not protecting Pavelski, too, which I think is... Yeah, and you're going to protect... And either one, like, like if you... You're going to protect Jason Dickinson over Joe Pavelski or Roddick Foxa over Joe Pavelski? Sorry, that's not happening. I don't care how old uh, how old he is. Joe Pavelski was our best forward for a majority of yeah. the season. So that's Neither not happening. Neither of those guys have that potential. And like you said, our window is closing on at least these, the our original core of Jamie Ben Sagan. I, I so. think this is it. I think this is the season because a, a lot of contracts it, come off. I don't know if this is it, but... I think it's we're getting there for at least these older guys. But like we've talked about, we the young core coming up too is going to be great. We're not going to we're not going to go back to to the 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 2010s where we were garbage for forever. Yeah, please no. And I just hope Tom Gallardi doesn't go bankrupt. Um okay, anyways. Um next uh next topic for best offseason hopes for the Dallas Stars. Uh, affordably taking care of restricted free agents. So obviously, who's the the biggest restricted free agent for the Dallas Stars? Hmm. Gee, I wonder who that would be. <laughs> Yoel Kiviranta. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you you got to protect him just because of that one hat trick in the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, the uh, the the best you know the biggest thing is Mira Haskinen. Um. And we've had lots of conversations about this because this is a big topic of uh, concern if you're a Dallas Stars fan. Um, but, you know, and, and we've kind of already talked about this about a month ago uh, with Mira Haskin and what he's going to sign. Um, I think he does resign, obviously. He's not going to hold out because the Stars have been good to him. He's been good to the Stars. But big question, how many years does he get and for how long? Um, and for Saad, he's saying that the perfect scenario for the Stars would be a bridge deal of three years at around $5.5 per season. Yeah, I think, actually, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and I think that's more and more likely because of the flat cap. Because the way, the way you pitch it is we don't know when the cap's going to start increasing again, so you don't want to make your big deal right now when – who knows it could shoot up in a couple of years so take your bridge now take a bridge contract later on whenever the cap does increase that's when you're going to become one of the highest paid defensemen in the league if you keep progressing the way you are so i i think that's a enticing pitch but you know we'll see well but my only thing about that is i i would expect him to command more more money. I, I I think the three years is probably right, but I, I just think five and a half is low. And maybe Jim Nil can talk to him and get For him to a come bridge, down. Though. Uh, but it, it, think about all the things that Mira Haskinen does for this team. He's constantly on the ice, either him or Klingberg. Uh, he puts in way more minutes on both on on both sides of the puck. Offensively and defensively, he plays the power play. He plays the penalty kill. I mean, I, well, yeah, he does. He does so much for the stars that I just don't point, know if five and a half is enough. Five point five is still definitely a top four defenseman pay range in in the upper end, of course, and it's a bridge deal. 
Like, you're going to get to renegotiate it in a few years. And if you're expecting to get better and better, like, I'm sure he wasn't happy with the year he had this year overall. And he's expecting it to play better in the future. So why not hold out and get that huge payday later on? I mean, I, I think, I honestly think that'd be a really enticing pitch. So 5.5, 6.5, that would be great. I think it's likely. And that kind of puts him around the same cap hit as Zakharinsky and Mikhail Sergeyev, which you know those are not those are two names that you would want to be mentioned in the same sentence as. So uh, that would put him just above both of those guys. And, yeah. and we, he's still barely older than me. So right, like. <laughs> it, 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 that, that's the other thing you got to think about. It's like that's insane what some of these guys go through. It's like how old is he? Twenty two, twenty three. He's either 21 or 22. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. He's low 20s. I know that. So, anyways, uh, he, he uh, Saad also does throw a side note in there for Dickinson and Kiviranza. He says uh, bring Dickinson back for a two-year around 1.8 million. I, I think that's fair. Based off of the way Dickinson played this past year, he was asked to do a lot, you know, fill in roles that that's not his game or whatever, and he did the best that he could with what he was given. Um, and then, obviously, uh, the other one is Yoel Kiviranta. That would be another one to, to bring back. And, you know, he just says, just give him a qualifying offer, 900000 So, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, talking about re-signings, um, and I wanna, I, I'm glad that he mentioned this because I wanted to get back to this too, is re-signing Jamie Alexiak because... You know, I was I was kind of talking you and dad down a little bit about, you know, y'all's fears about him being selected by the Seattle Kraken. Um I'm a little bit less confident in saying that he would go to the Seattle Kraken. And for one reason only. And I, I kinda mentioned it, but I didn't mention it enough to freak myself out enough. So he wants to be a Dallas star. I believe that. And he's found himself a good D partner with Mira Haskinen. Now, the thing I'm scared about is that four-day period between when they're supposed to have selected the players that they want to keep and then the actual expansion draft. So the time that the teams, you know, have their protected list and then before the 21st. So during those four days, so between the 18th and the 21st, the Seattle Kraken can talk to any of these players that are on these non-protected lists and talk expansion or expansion extensions. Excuse me. Now, Alexiak, I would expect him. He could probably get three, four, four, maybe up upwards to four and a half million from the Stars. I believe that. Yeah. Um. The only thing I'm scared about is if Seattle comes to him and says, you know, we'll give you five years for five and a half million. Yeah, I don't know. Like, not even just If you're Seattle. Jamie Alexiak, if you're Jamie Alexiak, is that money enticing enough to leave the Dallas Stars, to leave a good D partner in Mira Haskin and, and know that more than likely you're not going to have a great team and you're probably going to be the best defenseman on your team. Honestly, well, it that, that that was my argument earlier, right? Like, right. he's twenty eight. He's in he's in cash now. So does so does he bank? Does he go and bank? 
that's that's the big question. I mean, I don't think we can. Like Saad says, we we can't really afford to give him the bank. <laughs> we, we could try. Maybe maybe we're not resigning Dickinson to give him a million more than we would normally. Maybe something like that happens. Um, but we're not going to give him a, a six-year contract worth five six million dollars. Like that's not going to happen. We, we we can't afford it. Another, I don't. If, I, I totally see another team offering that, Seattle. So, Seattle's one like there's, I mean they're not going to have they're not they're not going to have any contracts. They can offer whatever the heck they want and make it work. Well, any I'm saying all the teams, not just Seattle. We don't need to get stuck on Seattle like I I, I just a great player for anybody. I, I just don't think that uh, that most teams are going to give him more than four and a half million. Oh, I totally do. I, I don't think I so. Totally I do. I don't see it, honestly. He yes. he's a great defenseman and he has spurts of offense that you see and you're like, What the heck? This is a six seven guy dangling like Mira Haskinen. But it I don't know. And and it's maybe because he plays in Dallas, he's he's not as big a name. But and 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 it also hurts him that he plays behind players like Essa Lindell, John Kleinberg, and Mira Haskinen. So I just don't see him. I don't see him getting five and a half, six million on the free agent market. I don't. I, I but do. I think, but I think so. that the Kraken would offer it to him to entice him away from the Stars because they know he wants to stay with the Stars. So I think lots of teams will offer him that. Uh, I I hope not because then that means we're more than likely losing losing him. But uh. So okay, so let's just say that th- this is the per- perfect off season for the Dallas Stars. Uh, with all of this out of the out of the way, all this talk, let's just say that he does resign, and that's the perfect you know off season thing for the Stars. And he's going to sign for three years at three and a half million per season. That's the best thing Which for the is Stars. A steal. That would be a complete steal if that were true. Okay, um, and. Talk more defensemen. <laughs> first, uh, first, Mary Almost Haskinen. Like they're the most important people, right? It's it's not like this team is built on defense or anything. Uh, the the next thing Saad talks about is agreeing to an extension with John Kleinberg. So, uh, I don't think this is as big a deal right now this off season as it would be next off season. But it's really nice to get these sort of things done and out of the way. Before the before next season starts, so that you know that he's going to be coming back. So, uh, how how important do you think this is? I don't think it's very important, and I don't really know if you could get uh, Klingberg to the to the table right now. Actually, just because of the flat cap that we were talking about, like just holding out, waiting to see if things boost back a lot quicker than they're expecting. Like that's totally, I think, a smart thing to do. Like business-wise for Klingberg, so I don't I don't even think that that's going to happen. I mean, it'd be great, but I don't think that's likely at all. Well, here's the thing. Even if he does sign a quote-unquote bridge contract, he's in the prime of his career right now. Oh, he's 28. He's not signing a bridge contract. No chance. But He's either signing a six at least, or he's not signing. <laughs> you really, no you really think so? No bridge contract for John Klingberg. I hope you're right, cause cause I want him nailed down. Um, so when we first signed him to an extension, when he he had that breakout season, and that feels like ages ago now. Uh, Jim Neal did excellent with the signing. 
he 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 got him for four and a quarter million, uh, four point two five million. I think it was like for four or five years at at that point when he signed it. Obviously, he's not going to sign that again. <laughs> he's he's going to be expecting somewhere north of six million. I would I think personally. So, how much does he get, and for how and for how long, Chris? I think the comparison to the Tory Krug contract is pretty fair. I think it's around six and a half, maybe maybe a little bit lower, maybe six. For the same time, at least six years. At least six years. If it's, if it's longer to eight, you you push up the money, obviously. Well, so I'm hoping he stays around because obviously the no, reason— He's not going to leave. We're not going to let him. I, we'll I'm... get rid of lots of players to make sure he doesn't leave. Yeah, thank thank God because <laughs> I We would sign we him, him for up to eight, I think. Eight million a year if he, if he demanded it. Like, I don't think we're going to lose John Klingberg. Yep. All right, so here's here's the next topic. So uh, enough defensemen. We finally get to go into the forwards a little bit. Yay. Okay, so uh, the the next little topic that Saad Yusef puts up here for things to happen for a perfect offseason. Young, young prospects make the jump. Um, and we saw a lot of that with the Stars this year just because of the fact that we had a lot of players that were injured at certain points of the year. I mean, we saw Rhett Gardner as a rookie in there. Obviously, the the big ones, Jason Robertson and uh, Jake Ottinger. We saw Ty DeLandria make his uh, debut. Uh, I mean, there are uh, Nick Camano, uh, Yoel uh, Lesperance, uh, to a lesser degree, those two. But the, some of these young prospects really need to make the jump for the Stars this next season. And yeah, I fully expect our fourth line to be all young prospects see like, and, i think yeah and, we've had so we've had so many prospects at at texas for like five years now and like two of them have made the jump in rope and Gurionov. so it it's totally time to start trusting them more save some cap space because of all the signings we have to do and trust the younger guys especially because of the the cap ceiling well and the the big thing for me is we need to change how the bottom six is is looking. Um, yeah, that checking line be, is because gone. the the checking line needs does not need to be the third line, if that makes sense. Or um, Pogliano and Como are gone. I I They're not getting reset. as as much as I hate to agree with you, I agree with you because they played they played really well for us, but. At points in the year, they were our best players, and that's not a good thing. Even yeah, when, that's... even with Sagan and Radulov out, you know, the, there were points in the season when Robertson was not playing all that well, and Jamie Benn definitely was not playing well for a majority of the season until he got moved to center and stuff like that. So here is what I would like to see out of the Dallas Stars next season. I would like to see them give their young guys – a chance on the third line, and I want the third line to be seen as a scoring line rather than a checking line. And I don't know how well that fits the system for Rick Bonus because he liked, he loved to play uh, Coglin and Ocomo together and then either Dickinson or Foxa down the middle, the well, SEC line or the, the CDC line. So I would love to see the difference in that. And then... Uh, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. In some way, you're going to get what you want, but 
I think there's still going to be some form of a checking line. It's just going to turn into. I think it's Foxa. it's got to be the fourth line. Well, either it that doesn't matter. Third, fourth, who cares? Like that 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 doesn't matter. It was only the the third line this year because we ran out of players and we were playing nobodies on the fourth line. So third or fourth, it doesn't matter. It's going to be Dickinson. Foxa and then somebody else. Somebody probably. else. Yeah, I agree. And I would love I to see them be work our together. New checking line. Agree. And and then our young prospects are all goal scorers. Like we don't have like someone who we classify only as a defensive forward. Like that would be a that'd be a terrible prospect anyway. So yeah, our fourth line is or third line, whatever you want to call it, is going to be the one that's going to be our our scoring bottom two line. Just because random, those are the guys who have the potential to score. Random thought. I'd love to see a line of these three guys. Rhett Gardner, Jason Dickinson, Radek Foxa. I think that would be a perfect checking line for a fourth line for the Stars. And for the third line, leave it open to the to these prospects that... I mean, we need to mention this, but uh, Ryland Damiani, he, he was named the AHL Rookie of the Year this past week. So... You know, this is a guy that was a fifth-round pick back in 2018, I believe. And now he's really starting to make his move. And I think with all of these contracts that we're, that we're losing, um, he has a real chance of making the Stars roster. And I hope he does. Because obviously if there's anything that this team needs more of is scoring. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're so wrong. We don't need any more goals. <laughs> Well, so I, that that's just what I'm hoping that I that we see these young prospects like Damiani and uh, Masherin and uh, Harley, even Harley. I'd love to see Harley make the jump next year, even though he's, uh, you know, he's probably arguably our best prospect. But because our defense is so loaded, I just don't know if he can push for a push for a job. Because I I would not want him Harley to be in the third pairing. I, I, am I being ridiculous in thinking that yes you are you think so i i would yes. i would want i would want to see him playing uh top four minutes and with the players yeah. that we have right now that's not going to happen he so, would still get good enough minutes on the third pair it w- that wouldn't be an issue and Plenty but time. if he's a seventh i agree with you but if he's a I'm, if he's a fifth or a sixth that's fine he, i'm only can't, worried can't about that i'm only worried about that because of the way that we've seen bonus run his defense I mean, he highly, highly, highly leans on those top four defensemen, and we could see that but based it, off of the ice time. Because I mean, that's not if like whoever Sekera was on didn't play though, but he like, still didn't play. He played like sometimes a third of what Mira Haskin and John Kleinberg, and sometimes even Jamie Alexiak played. So it, that's that's why I would hate to see Harley get stalled at the NHL level. Because he's on the third defensive pairing. Does that make sense? It it, it, it makes yeah, sense in my does. head, but I would hate to see him get that third pairing just because of that. So, I don't know. Maybe it I'm just thinking, overthinking it too much. I, I think you're overthinking it. I think if he's on the third pair, he'll, he'll get enough minutes to, to, to learn and get better. But, yeah. But, that's, a, is a, that's a fair criticism, though. I understand it. But it would be kind of cool to see him and Joel Hanley. That would be a really yeah, cool right. third <laughs> pairing. I'd love to see that. So, anyway. so that's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Harley, Harley to Hanley, Hanley Harley, to Harley. Hanley to Harley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Getting confused. All right. Okay. So, 
And this next one, uh, uh, we're going back to perfect offseason for the Dallas Stars. Um, this one I had never really thought about. And I, I find this really interesting. Um, so he says to move back in the draft is one of the big things for the Stars for a perfect offseason. Does any of that make sense to you as to why that would be, Christian? Because right now uh, they have the 14th overall draft pick and the likelihood of getting like a franchise-altering player at that point is not very likely. But especially this year, we talked about uh, the the word that I use for this draft is a crapshoot. I I mean, there's going to be players that are taken in the second round that some some boards may have in the sixth round or vice versa. There may be somebody picked, you know, 22nd overall that somebody else sees as a lower third round pick or something else. It's a yeah. complete crapshoot. So do you agree with this whole notion of maybe moving back in the draft for the stars and maybe getting more draft picks? Cause it, yeah, cause I understand it, the logic a little bit. Yeah. It, because either you get more draft picks for players that you can be more certain of in later rounds, like just due to size and skill and just pure athletic ability, rather than some random kid is just scoring a ton of points for some reason and we're going to draft him because why not? Uh, also, if you could get another prospect for the first round pick anyway that you actually have some information on, other than who knows who is in the draft right now, nobody does. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. Um yeah, I don't know if it's it, it. It won't make a big difference for the stars within the next three years, at at at, at most. So, well, and as far as uh, as far as for us fans with short term short term memories, I don't think this matters so much. Well, and this may I mean, if you're gonna even think about doing that as the stars, this may be the year to do it. Because, honestly, sometimes it's not necessarily about where you draft in the NHL. Because, I mean, I, I mean, like, look at Ed- Edmonton, for example. I mean, how many number one draft picks have they had over the past 10, 15 years? Quite a bit. Enough. Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Connor McDavid, you know. And, and they've drafted high. Like, not just, you know, top 10, but sometimes top 5 on a consistent basis. And, yes, they're making the playoffs, but... I mean, look what that happened to them this season. Uh, they got swept. So, and then what? the other argument I would look at is who are the two biggest players for the Stars right now who have been who have been there for the longest time? Jamie Sagan Benn. Sagan and Ben. Well, even before Sagan. Uh, before Sagan. Before Sagan. Jamie Benn uh, and John Klingberg. Klingberg. When were those guys drafted? What round were those guys drafted in? In the fifth, fifth right? round for both of those guys. So it's and then and then look at Joe Pavelski. When was he drafted? Sixteenth or something. <laughs> it was a, it, it was like that. It was like the seventh or ninth round. It was something crazy like that. But it's not always about where you draft, but how many draft picks that you have, because you have more chances to hit the dartboard. So that kind of makes sense to me. And and Saad is kind of you know pulling me over to the dark side and giving me cookies on. Uh, on that particular idea. So, uh, any final thoughts on that? Yeah, that's too that's too far advanced for me. My 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 brain doesn't comprehend anything that's happening <laughs> within a week of my present being. So, I don't know about all that. All right. Um, okay. And here's here's a fun one. All right. So, 
the, his next one is sign a true scoring difference maker in free agency. Um, and you know Jim Nill is not really known for going out and getting high profile, you know, signings in free agency. And when he does, they suck. That's not Spezza. That that is not true. Spezza. Spe- okay, look at Alexander Radulov. That Spezza. was a that was a great signing. Spezza was a good signing as Man, well. Y'all remember when we signed Spezza and we thought we were gonna win the cup? Man, good <laughs> times. Okay, so, uh, so according to Cap Friendly, the Stars are projected to have about sixteen point nine million dollars in cap space. Okay, so let's just l- let's talk about all the numbers that we've thrown out for a second. Okay, so. Saad Yusef is saying these numbers for these players. Okay, so Haskinen in a perfect scenario. In a perfect scenario, so this is perfect world scenario according to Saad Yusef. Uh, Haskinen's five and a half million. Dickinson oh, and Kiviranta combining for about three million, so that's eight and a half yeah. right there. And Alexiak's three and a half million come to about twelve million. Okay, so oh, those man. are the players that he feels like should be resigned, and then that would leave us with with about $5 million in cap space to work with. $5 million, you can get a decent player. I mean, think about, uh, like, Tyler Toffoli, for example, with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he signed a four-year, I think it was four-and-a-half-ish contract with the Montreal Canadiens, and he was among the top goal scorers in the NHL this past season. Um, so th- we could get somebody good for that. But we kind of mentioned this. If Hudobin gets taken in the perfect world scenario for the Stars, that leaves the Stars with about $8 million to work with, which $8 million would be perfect. And that's assuming we don't re-sign any of the other players uh, that we haven't talked about. So, you know, Como, Cogliano, all those guys, we don't re-sign those guys. Those guys don't come back. So... Even though that Kleinberg's, uh, let's just say that, let's go back to this. So Kleinberg's $6.5 million will kick in after next season. So he's still on the 4.25 this upcoming season, but his, his extension would kick in in 2022-2023. Uh, but at the exact same time, Pavelski and Radulov's numbers would come off the books in 2022. So then not only do the Stars have room for a – you know, a big name possible player, you know, north of $8 million, they can also offer more than just a one-year deal, which in this, in, in the way that the cap is this season, that is a huge thing to have. Because you're going to, this, for the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of big name players sign these one, two, three-year contracts. And a lot of them signing one-year contracts just because, you know, they can't fit under the cap if they sign a big contract. So I think that is huge for the Stars. Thoughts, Chris? That would be awesome, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> perfect We're world not... scenario. Yeah. That's, that's why this is a perfect world scenario, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect world scenario. We're not signing Hayskin for 5.5 and Alexiak for 3.5. That's just, that's not going to, that would be insane. Okay, Jim so would let's be a, a, a wizard magician. He yeah, would be a, a wizard. I like that. I'm glad we're on the same brainwave there. <laughs> yeah, 
magic. <laughs> Freaking Alba Sumbledore out here. Um, okay, all right, well, let's just say that he does... Let's just say that Hudobin still does get taken, but we have to pay him more to those two players. So let's just give them a million dollars more each, okay? Yeah, that's, that's so Alexiak gets, you know, four and a half million, which that seems like overpaying a little bit to me. And yeah. then Haskinen gets six and a half million, which that seems about more right if you're doing a, <laughs> a bridge deal. Maybe more than that. The Stars still have six million dollars in cap space. If that happens. I mean, that's enough to get somebody. It's not enough to get Taylor Hall. <laughs> Eight and a half isn't really enough to get Taylor Hall. And, and, and I know, and, and, and Saad Youssef goes on a, a, a slight tangent under that in this paragraph talking about Taylor Hall. And I guess you can make an argument for Taylor Hall based off of what we're seeing here in the playoffs uh, with Boston. This is really the first time he's been in the playoffs past the first round. God bless his heart because uh, he's always been on sucky teams. But um, I would say that there's still other players that the Stars should go after. You know, there, there's yeah. got to be a bigger name player out there who I think the biggest important thing that he has to have on his resume is Stanley Cup, a, a Stanley Cup win. So I don't even I don't even know if you need that. I mean, the guys we have are are veteran guys. This whole team was in a crazy Stanley Cup playoff push, like. So a lot of them have that experience. That's true. Yeah. I don't think we need the veteran presence. So like a Taylor Hall would be fine. It may be two other guys that consistently get like a, a lo- like 20 points. They consistently get 20 points a year. Okay, well. We get both of them for the six. So, and here's what I'm thinking so, about. Perfect world scenario f- for like two players. I- I'm-, I'm thinking specifically of the third line of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like somebody like. I'm specifically talking about Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau. Those two guys can score goals. They can score extremely important goals at the right time. But at the same time, they're on the third line. Their role is not as big as some of the other players that they will that you know that we have that will be expected to pick up those reins. And we get a third scoring line, which I feel like that's what we need. So we. We need somebody like a uh, a Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, uh, something like that. M- maybe even a Josh a- Anderson uh, or a Joey Anderson. Joey Anderson, I don't think, is going to get re-signed in Toronto, and I think he'd be a great pickup for the Stars. But, um, I mean, lots of interesting conversations here, cause, and it looks like the Stars are going to have a little bit of money to pay, to play with, assuming that Tom Gillardi will let Jim Nill spend to the cap. Uh, final thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about. Just we find a couple guys who are able to consistently score and they're not the flashiest guys, but they're they're depth scoring instead of depth work that we have had. We've had depth work with Cogliano and Como, but depth scoring isn't a thing that we've had. So, yeah, totally agree. So, and then the the final topic for this article is uh that he mentions for the Stars having a perfect off season is find impactful depth three agents. And, you know, looking at Toronto, we can see how important those depth players can be. Obviously, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it did not work. So whatever Toronto did in finding quote-unquote grit, that's not what the Stars need at this point. What they need to do is they need to find somebody that fits into their system, that can score goals, that can be on the third line. That's my belief in... 
what we need uh, yeah. f- for and, for the and, stars. And maybe you avoid signing the big name players so that you can sign better guys on the back end. Well, and, and so we I don't need big... those. We don't need those big name players. I yeah, don't. That's what I'm we have too. we have our school players. They may not be the you know the sexy you know Connor McDavid's and the the Leon Dreisaitl's and the Austin Matthews of the world, but we have guys that can get the job done. They just need a little bit of health, and they need to be freaking healthy. So, oh, that's funny that he, so I didn't even read this uh, this particular sentence, but he but uh, Saad Youssef actually mentions Blake Coleman uh, under this uh, subtopic. Um, Oh, that's funny. He mentions Matthias Janmark. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see him coming back. Uh, we'll pull another Alexiak. Now that he's good again. We'll take him. Right, exactly. <laughs> Jordy Ben. How about Jordy Ben? Yeah, he mentions Jordy Ben no, too. <laughs> no, I will. As I a will, seventh, as a seventh, I think it would be I, okay. As a seventh, I will become a Carolina fan if we resign <laughs> Jordy Ben. We're gonna have to come up with a new name for the for the show just because. Uh, just because the stars re-signed Dirty Ben, yeah. um, but it, it, sarcastic it, hurricanes. In Yay. all in all rea- reality, though, I don't think a Dirty Ben reunion would necessarily be bad. Um, if no. as long I'm as he, as this. long as he's I the refuse. seventh defenseman, if he's there in the top is, six, no, absolutely not. I have never hated a defenseman more than I hated Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben. He just got unfortunate. All the pucks that bounced off of him. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. Why I hate him. Yes. That's not necessarily his fault. He's been gone for a long time now. Maybe that curse is on somebody else, like on Vancouver or I didn't say Montreal it was his fault. or something. I just said I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It doesn't have to be personal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, nothing personal, but you suck. That's totally not a personal thing. So. I don't know why you're taking it this way. Oh man, so. Okay, so should the Stars go out and get a big name, or do they sign like a couple, like two players to play on the third line? Who, who do you think? Do they really need like a giant? I, I let me let me not say giant. Let me say solid. A a solid scoring difference maker versus like two or three players that could play on the third line that could make a difference. Yeah. Uh- I think they need depth scoring more than they need a Taylor Hall. So Taylor Hall would be really cool, and don't get me wrong, I would be so excited if we signed Taylor Hall. That would be awesome. But I think in actuality, thinking from purely intellectual standpoint, if we can get guys— Which is hard for you to do, right? Very hard. If we can get guys (laughs) who truly consistently score goals in a depth role, that's what we need. That's what we have never had. So— like in in the entire Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan era, we've never had consistent depth scoring guys. So if we can find that, I think that's the ideal. Yeah, and I'm gonna completely agree with you on that part because uh, that third line is gonna be a huge difference maker for the Dallas Stars this year. Because w- when you look at the lines, here's what I think is gonna happen. Uh, first line. I I believe they're going to keep the the big 3 together for the for the, for the the big 3 for the stars this past season. Pavelski, Robertson and Hens. I think they keep those three guys together and that's that's our top line. Second line, I do think that Jamie Ben, Sagan and Radulov will stick together. So, 
that leaves on that third that third line, believe it or not, that leaves Denis Giryanov looking in at, on the third line scoring line, if we look at it that way. So I think that you could make a pitch to some free agents, hey, you could play with a guy who can really freaking shoot the puck. I mean, snipe it when he's confident. And we need you to help him realize that confidence again. So I think that would be a fantastic thing. That that's what I'm looking at for on at, from the stars' perspective. So, uh, what do Thanks, you? I don't want. I don't want Gurianna playing with Dickinson and Fox. So that would suck. Right now, he he he, <laughs> did, he he's a scoring forward. That's what he is. He, there's a reason why he led the stars in scoring two years ago. It it was because of that shot. He has a lethal shot that looks like another famous Russian that we all know. Uh, Ovechkin and Ovechkin his shot is so scary we just need to get Garyanov to that point I'm not saying that Garyanov is as good as Ovechkin I'm not saying that at all don't twist my words but he he could have a shot that is close to being as lethal as that and I believe that if he has the right players to play with him uh, it would it would help so okay that was a lot of fun well we just scrapped all of our segments. <laughs> yep. You'll have to come back next week, or maybe we can do a podcast episode with those with those two other things. But uh, any final words, Chris, uh, before we kind of cut this off? We got about two minutes. Any series that you notice that you like that are going well? Oh, series that are going well? Um, no, not for me. No. <laughs> No. Hurricanes are losing. The Bruins just got tied up. I was wrong about the Canadians. So Again. as good as my first round was, my my second round sucks. I'm looking pretty good for the second round. I said Montreal was going to win. Yeah, I, I said know. Colorado was, was going to win. I said we're totally Islanders flipping. were going to win. And then what? what's the last series? I keep forgetting. Heck, who cares? Uh, Dang it. I forget, but whatever. Forgot, you, I was I was right. Your, you forgot your own division. Oh yeah, Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one series I was wrong about. I, it feels like it's already over. Yeah, it it kind of <laughs> it kind of does, and it looks over. Anyways, okay guys, uh, thank you guys for tuning in this evening. Uh, along with Chris Chambers, I am Ryan, um, and we will be catching you guys on the flip side. Uh, tune in next week as we will talk about uh, ho- hopefully if we have time <laughs> our. Uh, what the Seattle expansion draft is going to look like and what team they may field. So, Christian's already singing the theme song. No, 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 no. All right, guys. Follow us on the things. Bye. Yeah, follow all that stuff. See you guys on the flip side. Good night. We still got ten seconds. People are listening to you without music going. <laughs> the symbol.